Hello and welcome to On Public Square, a City of Clarksville podcast where we get to know the amazing city employees that help keep the lights on. They're our friends, our family, our neighbors, and each of them has a story to tell. Now, let's say hello. Again, I'm Casey Williams, and with me is Jimmy Settle, and our next guest, Michelle Lau, who just started at the city. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Tell me a little bit about what your new position is here at the city. Uh, my new position is the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer for the city of Clarksville, and uh, what it entails is really making sure we're doing the checks and balances of what diversity, equity, and inclusion looks like. Wonderful. And am I right in thinking that's a new position that was recently created? That's correct. Wonderful. Um, And what exactly does that entail? So um, one, you're making sure that we have invited everybody to the table, that our workforce looks like our community. So that would be the diversity part of it. The equity is that everybody is being paid equitably, meaning uh, a female that's doing the same role as a male, their pay should be pretty much the same thing, all things considered equal. And then the inclusion part is that I can be my authentic self when I come to work, meaning that I come to work, I'm Michelle, I feel free and I'm comfortable and I'm accepted to be Michelle, regardless being female, being an African-American, being whatever, I should still be comfortable and I should be welcomed in and included in the conversation, included in decision-making, included in the workforce. Does that also include like personality types and that sort of thing? Because that's different as well, as you know. I know I can be a tad bit of an introvert at times, although, you know, when I need to be a little bit extroverted, I can be. Absolutely. So, in fact, it's a good thing that you have all personality types. Other words, Otherwise, it would be very boring at work. So it does. It includes everything about that person. So you should be comfortable being who you are. You shouldn't have to be somebody else when you come to work. And then when you walk away from work, you're a totally different person. You should be comfortable and people should be willing to accept you. It's nothing worse than coming to work and nobody talks to you, right? Right. It's nothing worse than people making assumptions about you when they really haven't taken the time to talk to you or get to know you. So as Jimmy said, he's an introvert, right? So I just stay away from him. I don't want to talk to him. No, every now and then somebody needs to talk to him. Pop your head in and say, hey, how are you, Jimmy? Make him feel included. And he should also at the same time understand that there's extroverts and try to make them feel included in his world. Talk, talk if you will, uh, Michelle, about... Uh we're developing a, a bit of an announcement for you, as you know. You you talk here about building community bridges. Kind of explain what you mean by that, if you will. Oh wow, that's a good one. Um, I absolutely diversity is my passion. So before coming here, I was the diversity person for the county and then the HR director there. But one thing I have noticed that's a pretty consistent. It's uh, there are different segments of the community and a lot of people will never cross a bridge or they'll never cross that uh, imaginary line, meaning a lot of people may not want to go to Lincoln Homes or Summit Heights or uh, for that matter, some don't want to go to Sango because 
I may not feel welcome there. Uh, so when I say building community bridges, it's really trying to get people to move out of their comfort zone and really trying to get them to step over the imaginary line and take a step. And as you take those steps, it builds a community bridge, mm -hmm. getting to know somebody that don't look like you, talk like you, act like you, walk like you, right? It's That's what a bridge starts as. You're mm -hmm. saying, you know what, forget me and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to talk to that person. I often challenge people or ask people, when was the last time you sat down with somebody who didn't look like you, mm -hmm. right? Or had somebody over to your house who didn't look like you. And oftentimes it's like, well, you can't tell me who to have at your house, at my house. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not telling you who to have at your house, but think about work. When was the last time you went to work with somebody who did not look like you, talk like you, right? Mm -hmm. Different views. We, we like the sugarcoat stuff in this country a lot. Sugar is really bad for you. <laughs> I don't like sugar. And so sugar um, is killing us, literally, in this country. And I don't want it to kill us in this city. Need a little bit of spice to balance it out. <laughs> exactly. You got to hit the bitter sometime before you can get to the sweet. That's su such an important message. And I, I just think growing up here, and I know you did as well, Jimmy, um, I would always hear things to that extent. Even I joked last episode uh, that I'm from across the river out in Cunningham. And that's the phrase I made a joke about the phrase I always heard growing up, growing up on the right side of the river. And I, I usually think of that as a joke, but I guess that sort of falls right into that conversation. And actually I, I live over across the river as well. And somebody that I knew from a previous job said, Oh, you moved to the right side of the river. <laughs> right. But then you take that same um, verbiage, but on the right side of the tracks or the wrong mm -hmm. side of the tracks. And then that takes scabs or wounds and open them mm -hmm. up. The mayor has called the creation of your position. Uh, he's used the word groundbreaking for the city. Um, you, you came from a similar environment at the courthouse and in, in terms of the job you had there over to here, but he's really excited about your position and the creation of it. Why, in, in your view, is this a groundbreaking thing for the city of Clarksville? Well, it's something that we have not had before. It's giving credence to something that has been needed. And all you have to do is flick on the news TV for two minutes and you see there is something that needs conversations that need to be had. Right. right, right. So it's a. Some, I had a conversation yesterday and somebody said, this is just the flavor. It's just for a season. And that kind of thinking is the problem, right. Right? right? Until we can have real conversations. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to have those real conversations. They don't want, because you might step on my toes or you might hurt my feelings, but it, this is internal work that we have to do. And if I don't explain to you why I feel a certain way or you just assume you know, and I do the air quotes, uh, you assume you know why I act a certain way or why I feel or think a certain way, then that just really, um, it discounts me. You know, so I really believe that it's really important that people are able, one, they know that people care, right? right. It, it's so critical that people in this community that feel like they've never had a voice before actually have someone who is willing to listen and hear their voice 
and not just stick it in a duffel bag and say, oh, I heard you and walk away, but truly care. Especially in Clarksville, where we have, I think, at least for the region, a very diverse community, largely because of Fort Campbell being nearby and the college. And as more industry comes into town, we have people moving here. People like to joke about people moving from California, but they're coming from all over the world, really. And as the community grows more and more, more and more diverse, we need to think about that more and more and Absolutely. catch up on where we should have been a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of Fort Campbell, I know you uh, have a military background as well um, and traveled around quite a bit. Um, I know in uh, your bio, uh, you talk about Germany, Korea, Colorado, Virginia, Texas, South Dakota, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. That's, uh, that's quite the passport. Right. Uh, um, actually did 22 years, both uh, reserve active duty most of the time, uh, love travel, and that's why I joined. Broke my mom's heart, joined and went to Germany, never was stationed here, never stationed at Fort Campbell, uh, came here through a prayer. It's like, Lord, where do you want us? And voila, here we are 13 years later. Favorite station, favorite place uh, you traveled to? South Dakota was my favorite duty station. Absolutely. What was it about that stood out for you? It was very, very family oriented. Extremely, very low crime rate. It was amazing there. Um, Overseas was Germany. It was my favorite. And of course, uh, your military background, I'm sure, informs a lot, especially, again, as close as we are to Fort Campbell. It it did. And actually, this is where I get my passion for diversity. Um, I had an opportunity to go to the Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute. There's only one like it in the world. People from all over the world actually come to this school. It's not one of those, like, you go to class every now and then. No, it's a almost four and a half months of hardcore examining yourself, examining what diversity looks like. What is all of this that we keep talking about? It used to be called equal opportunity and it continues to evolve. It's an ever evolving, um, I don't want to say program, but it's just ever evolving Mm -hmm. because every day is something new about it. And then there's different, when I started, it was only seven protected categories. Now there's 12 protected categories. And, and so when I started the, um, sexual orientation was not a category, sexual identity, that was not a category. Now those are new categories. So I, I kind of, because I see you as probably one of the ultimate experts in this community on the topic. Uh, where are we in this community? Where, if you had to assess us compared to other communities, uh, where are we in terms of diversity and and uh, inclusion and equity? We're in a good spot as far as diversity goes because you have Fort Campbell, you have all the industries, so our numbers are growing diverse wise. Um, I believe the twenty twenty census was. Uh, African-American community had grown to 20, and and I may have this number wrong, but I believe it's 24% of the population. Hispanic community had grown to 8.7%, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Um, The Asian community is growing. So the diversity is great. I can't give you where we are overall as a community because there's still places in this community that I, as a African-American female, can walk into and I'm watched the entire time mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm very aware of it. 
But those are the places that I also, I want to spend my money just to say, don't mm-hmm. judge me, mm-hmm. right? Okay. I've been in places where I've been seated and it may not in this community, but I've been seated all the way by the bathroom and I had to walk past all these empty tables, wow. right? Wow. And why was I seated That still by happens the in 2023. Absolutely. Wow. So it's, um, I, I'm not hypersensitive to it, but I mm-hmm. am aware. I'm very aware. I actually had a gentleman who waited on me and did gave me horrible, horrible service. Mm-hmm. So I never, uh, I have my self motto is that I never allow another person ignorance to dictate my intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I left him a big tip and I left him a note and said, always think about how you treat people. You never know who you're t- uh, serving. With your work and, uh, I believe you work with some, or worked or have worked with some groups in the community as well outside of the the city government. Um, between your job and working with other groups, uh, I think a big thing that's been talked about lately is kind of breaking down some of those uh, learned biases that maybe we've internalized and don't realize. Is that something that we're approaching in, within the city? Is something that we have to approach. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I go back to the sugar-covered lemons. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't want to deal with that. And mm-hmm. when we talk about biases, people say, well, here we go again. We're making up stuff. Well, everybody has them. Mm-hmm. Every person in this world has biases. It's good that you understand. And I, I kind of run biases and prejudice kind of parallel, mm-hmm. right? It's good you understand what you like and you don't like. Mm-hmm. Right. They can be good or bad biases. The problem comes in are those things that you are not aware is a bias. And when I'm speaking, I usually tell people I usually give them different scenarios where you can check your unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. So if I say, say terrorist attack, most people are going to think a certain population did it. Right. Mm-hmm. And usually it's Middle Eastern. I have done this with hundreds of people. And I will say 99.5% of the time, people say Middle Eastern, right? That's an unconscious bias. What make you say it was a Middle Easterner? Same thing I say, drive-by shooting. Well, who did it? And Mm -hmm. now this is the one that gets really sticky because people don't want to be seen as racist Mm -hmm. or predator. Most people see a Black person or a Hispanic person, but they won't say it. They will usually come out and say, Oh, I saw the gun and they can tell me the color of the gun. I've had the color of the car. I've had Mm -hmm. the low rider, the in in the game banger and the thug. And so then I try to challenge a little more and say, well, what did that game banger look like? Oh, wow. Ah, wow. So now let's talk about where did you get the idea? How many of us know, personally know somebody who has done a drive by and seldom in the room is anybody uh, acquainted with someone that did a drive-by. So where'd you get your idea? And then we drill down into that. And those are just unconscious things that we don't think about. It's there. And we pull that information to the front when we need it. Casey and I are both former media guys, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we can take it. Right. But is the media part of the problem with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I say a thousand percent. Because most of our information comes from where? Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, when I grew up, we had three networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS. 
Now it's information around the clock, 24-7. And you don't have to walk out your house to decide that I'm bad because I'm a black female, right? Just look at TV, look at a movie, look at a show, and you'll see it and it will solidify or it will um, confirm your bias somewhere on TV. Whatever you're believing, mm -hmm. it will be like, oh, wow, see, I knew it. Right. So absolutely. I think the media plays a humongous part of it where I just said about um, terrorist attack when I grew up and I always tell people, please check me. When I grew up, the um, cartoons, if there was a terrorist on a cartoon, it was somebody who was from the Middle East or dressed mm -hmm. with Middle Eastern attire mm -hmm. yeah. on the old movies. We all it remember was Middle certain, Eastern, right? We all remember a certain comedian with puppets back about a decade and a half ago. With Middle Eastern. So when you yeah. saw that, you can bring it up now. And one of the most impactful things that I went through when I went to that school that I was talking about earlier, I got there on a Friday. 9-11 happened Tuesday. And so... I mean, I, it's the most impactful thing that really happened to me in the whole class because after they allowed us to go back to our room, now we were taking a test. We literally saw the second plane hit. We knew it was a stressful class. We didn't know if it was real. Was this real or are they trying to get our reaction? Uh -huh. And then you hear the word terrorist attack. Most of us are military, right? right. And we're right. thinking, oh, class over. We're going to war. We come back and we do this thing called processing. And the instructors ask, how did we feel or how are we feeling now? Once that happened, you know, you're processing like you're trying to. And pretty much everybody's response was something of being in shock. Like, I'm I'm hurt. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm whatever. Mm -hmm. And one guy that just sticks in my brain, he said, I want to go out and kill every Middle Easterner I see. Mm. Oh, that's heavy. It was so heavy. And to this day, 23 years almost later, I still talk about that as being so impactful. He was around my age. And I wanted to know, where did he get that? Why would you have? Nobody knew. This was only an hour to hour and a half into it, mm -hmm. into the attack. It wasn't like two days later. It wasn't like five hours later. It was literally nobody knew. Everybody's like, who could have done this? And mostly everybody's in shock. And when he said it, I remember crying. I remember that it that was like a gut punch because you want to do more violence because of violence to me. But then I asked him, when Timothy McVeigh happened, when he did Oklahoma City, mm -hmm. right. did you look in the mirror and want to commit suicide? Did you want to go home and kill your mom, your dad, sisters and brothers? Because he was Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And why did you jump to, I want to kill every Middle Easterner? And for me, terrorism is terrorism. And so for him to have jumped to that extreme, and I didn't know if he weighed it any different when it was somebody who looked like him. If I don't speak up when I see something wrong, then how long will it be before it hits my neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Right. If I sit back and say, oh, that's just them over there. And oh, well, so, so sorry. Mm -hmm. Right. If I don't say anything, then sooner or later, that same thing that happened to that neighborhood comes mm -hmm. to my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it just travels because nobody ever spoke up when it happened over here. And it was small, but now it's over here. And now it's a mm -hmm. big thing. 
Uh, I'm really interested with, uh, you mentioned this this process of processing uh, from OMI, Defense Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute. Awesome. For short, BOMI. BOMI. I yes. like it. Um, someone we're going to be speaking to very soon is um, our new wellness officer over at um, CPD, uh, Mr. Jimmy, help me. Joshua Forbes. Excuse me. Okay. Mr. Forbes. <laughs> and part of his job will be helping officers decompress after what might be traumatic or, mm -hmm. or distressing situations. Is that something that would be useful in, in those types of situations as well? Absolutely. You can, Look, if you don't process what just took place, then you're going to carry that with you. It, you just keep it going. Um, there's been so much traumatic stuff in the media. And if nobody ever processed what's going on, it's just going to keep going. So when um, everything happened with George Floyd and, of course, we were hitting COVID, just started sweeping our country. George Floyd happens, Ahmaud Aubrey happens, and adults are processing. Kids aren't in school at this time. We've shut the schools down. There's nowhere for them to process. So we came up with an idea when I was with the county to talk to the students. Mm -hmm. And this was a joint effort with um, Austin P. Dr. Eva Gib Gibson. I believe it's Gibson. Um, we came together and we had conversation with the students mm -hmm. and we did like a live Zoom and I can't remember how many students, but the students were hurting, mm -hmm. but they had no outlet to talk about what was going on. And we called it turning the talk and allowing them to get it out because otherwise they internalize it and they're keeping it all in. And this wasn't just minority students. This was students across the board. We had all students that wanted to participate as many as we could. That's something that I would love to bring back because students need an outlet. Socioeconomics. Mm -hmm. That's another area that you specify here. In fact, uh, how do we break that cycle? What, what's, what's the biggest problem there? Um, that's, there's a lot of them. And I was telling somebody yesterday that it, diversity, equity, and inclusion is like an onion. You know, you have that first couple of layers, you don't smell anything. The more you peel that onion back, the worse the smell. So there's a lot of things that will have to be dug into to fix the socioeconomic. There's just been, regardless if we want to admit it or not, there's been so many injustices. I could do the same job as you're doing, exact same job, hour by hour, we're working side by side, but I'm getting paid less. Those are some of the things that if those aren't addressed and we can't just keep saying, oh, if that was back then and everything's equal, it's not, everything's not equal. In a deep dive, really people that number one are willing to come to the table and have hard conversation without getting mad. Don't get offended. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to get you to be aware that these are issues that have happened and yes, they, some of them were in the past, but some of them are still today are going on and we need to fix it, but we can't fix it with a closed mouth. We can't fix it if only white males come to the table. Right. I promise you, white males are not the solution to this. Right. I promise you, if all black females are at a table, we are not going to solve anything. It's mm -hmm. it, not until we come to the table together. Mixed with white, black, Asian, Hispanic, 
every gender, every nationality, disabilities, sexual orientation, bring everybody to the table with thick skin and be ready to have those real conversations about the socioeconomic. Let's, let's be real. Let's pull out my pay chart and see if people are truly being paid what they should be paid. And if not, why? And, and be ready to answer the why. It just blows my mind that in 2023, we still have that conversation. And and I know it's still a problem. I'm not going to, as, as Casey said earlier, I'm not going to name names. Uh, but I know of people who still today complain about that. Absolutely. And I know of females who still complain about inequitable pay in the workplace. And for doing the same job, if not more so. Absolutely. And, and I would almost challenge you, Jimmy, is that... Women have to work harder to because we have something we have to prove. Mm-hmm. I have to prove me as a African American female. I had to work harder doing my job because I know there's somebody sitting in the background just waiting on me to slip. Right? right. I have to double dot my eyes and mm-hmm. triple cross my T's to make sure I'm doing things right. It's almost an undue in unnecessary and unfair stress. And to quote you here, you say we've we've got to have the uncomfortable conversations in order to move forward. I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. I mean I, I just you know we can't, you know, as you say, uh, put sugar on a lemon. So people pride themselves, businesses pride themselves, you know what? We we are diverse. Okay. We have increased our diversity by 20% or whatever. We've brought them to the table. So the problem now is not that you brought me to the table. You've allowed me to sit at the table. I'm sitting on the old church pew, getting splinters in my butt, and you're sitting in that massage chair, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I'm at the table, but am I, am I included? Is, are my thoughts included? Are you really hearing what I have to say, right? So that, that is definitely a thing that for me, in, I hope I don't sound overpassionate, but I'm extremely passionate about it. That we have, in order for this country to be what I truly know, it is an amazing country. Don't mm-hmm. I take nothing from my country? But we have flaws. We have things. And if you don't believe it, turn on the news. We should not still, in 2023, as you said, Jimmy, we shouldn't still be having these conversations. This should not be a conversation in 2023. This should be old stuff. It should be something that the old guys or old ladies or whatever, they're sitting on the porch and say, yeah, I remember a time when, you know, we couldn't sit together. Right. 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 That That's what the conversation should be. It should not be in 2023, almost 60 years after the civil rights, um, the Civil Rights Act. We should not still be having these conversations. Well, I can say for one, uh, you do not sound too passionate. We need that passion. <laughs> but um, my favorite, and I kind of was looking through uh, for a piece that I was writing uh, with Black History Month, the theme this year being Black Resistance. I was looking through one of my favorite uh, modern speakers. I, I really enjoy public speaking. Is And one of my favorite speakers is John Lewis. And he said, uh, it's going to take good trouble, necessary trouble to make change. And that's always been one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying about these conversations can be uncomfortable, but also we really need that passion. We need a little bit of that good trouble. Mm-hmm. We absolutely have to be uncomfortable. We're, we, the problem is we've been too comfortable for too long. Yeah. 
you know, oh, I feel good. You know how you can sit on something and it you've sat there so long that it has your body shape. That's what's happened. We've sat in this position and things that we're doing for so long that we're very comfortable now. And it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be. We should never be comfortable with wrong. We should never be comfortable with doing the wrong thing. I should be very comfortable with doing the right thing. And so when I say we should be uncomfortable if we're doing the wrong thing, absolutely. We should be very comfortable doing the right thing. To that end, um, with, with this new position at the city, what are some things we're looking into the future of, of doing in moving forward? Any big changes or programs we might be looking at instituting? Well, working with the HRC is one of the big things starting out, um, really getting us momentum in moving forward, right? The HRC is not about employees, it's about our community. HRC is Human Relations Commission, and it's about our community as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. We want to make sure we're moving in the right direction as a whole, as a people, not those people over there and these people over there. I challenge, and this is going to be a challenge that I, I put out there for employees, the especially leadership in the city government. I don't know if they've done it in recent months, but I challenge them to get on a bus and go to those communities that they wouldn't dare go to, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The ones like, oh my God, I'm not going over there. I'm going to drive 10 miles out the way mm -hmm. to avoid this community, right? right. So um, those are things that I want to do. I want to be very active in the community. Mm -hmm. I want different committees in the community, employee committees, interacting, building bridges. Again, I, I'm one plank in a bridge. Mm -hmm. You can't get across a bridge on one plank. It's going to take a lot of us right. to make that bridge. And then there's going to be a lot of bridges that need to be made. So we have to do this together. Mm -hmm. I, I'm one person, but together I have a Jimmy over here, right? Yeah, he can help. I have a Casey who can help. I have a Mayor Pitts who can help. And all of us together, we're building these bridges, mm -hmm. right? I have people in our community that want to build bridges. Um, I, I recently said that there, somebody asked me about the boards, the community boards, different boards. And I said, in 2023, there is no reason we should ever have an all white board, mm -hmm. all white male board. Mm -hmm. We should never just have a female on the board or just a single minority on the board. Mm -hmm. There is so much room for improvement. And that goes city, county. I don't care if it's just your board of directors at your business. There's no way you should have an sure. all anything board. Mm -hmm. yes. You shouldn't have an all anything. That goes even an all minority board. You shouldn't have. And for those listening, you should definitely... Uh, Check out city and county websites, see what boards need people on them. We always need people to serve on boards and committees, and we'd love to have your application. Uh, another good thing to maybe call out, uh, I love that suggestion of getting on a bus and visiting a new community. Um, we should be having Mayor's Summer Night Lights coming up again just as soon as the weather gets warm. And that is a traveling program that brings youths and their families together at the various parks throughout the city and it's a great chance to see a little bit more of clarksville and see some of our awesome parks in the various neighborhoods around the community with some new parks coming up uh, and, and you know what the thing about summer night lights i think if you're not doing anything else you're connecting with somebody mm -hmm. outside of your community 
offer to do something. Like mm-hmm. I, I used to work with Workforce Essentials and I would go out and I taught dress for success classes, Ooh. employment readiness classes, mm-hmm. right? right? I didn't mind giving up a night mm-hmm. once or twice or whatever. But if you if you're talking about these communities, equip the communities. Don't talk about them. Equip them. Right? I love that. Um, another great place. And you've worked with the library a lot, too, is a great place for that. And they are always needing people to help with programs and to volunteer. Absolutely. And I think actually uh, the library has a podcast and they just had uh, Taylor Main on, who is their volunteer coordinator, to talk about some of the things that they need as far as volunteers go. So after this, maybe check out uh, volunteering at the library on the podcast Between the Shelves. Now, right as, as we speak, I understand that you're kind of going around to city department heads and making, you, you've been here as we record this, you've been here just a little over two months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're going around to city department heads, I guess, I assume, and sort of formally introducing yourself and talking about goals and objectives. Kind of what are you saying? Really, my biggest thing is, Coming from the county into the city, there are two different worlds. I want to know every single department head, who they are, and how can I help, mm-hmm. right? I want to know what what does their department need from me, but also who are they? Right. Who is What does their department do? I can assume I know, but I'd rather get it from that leader, right? right. And, and then tell me what you need from me. How can I help you? Can I give you training? Is there something that you're missing that I could do to help your department? Is there an area where you're concerned about that I can help? So I'm not, I, I am not there to um, pick apart. That's not my job. I'm there to pull together and make you better. Right. Is there anything that you're hearing from multiple people as you have those conversations? Something that seems to maybe... Training. Training. Number one thing that most people have said, training more training. Uh, we have the program Cody here, the mm-hmm. Cody's training, but um, a lot of them have said, I want in-person training. Let's do some in-person real life training, which is right up my alley because that's what I love. I do not like check the block anything. If we're going to do it, let's do it for real. And when I do training, I want it to be fun. I want you to walk away with something, mm-hmm. even if you're just thinking about it. Like, wow, that made sense or that didn't make sense. And I would need to talk to her about that. My thing is, my skin is very thick, very thick. I don't get offended because you said, hey, I didn't like what you said, right? Tell me, mm-hmm. don't walk around and spread it to other people. Mm-hmm. Come say, hey, I, what you mm-hmm. said, I disagreed with. That's okay, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm good. And we can talk about it and go into it a little deeper. And can I, I, I really appreciate that for several reasons. Uh, one thing that I, I've heard a lot of the idea, and, and this is a very, I think, important and valid uh, concern, is that idea of emotional and, and, and sort of spiritual labor, that it can take a lot out of people to, to help educate someone, especially when it involves tearing down maybe some internalized biases but that idea of emotional labor and it makes it all the more important to people that because that is an important thing and it is a, a, a lot but that makes it all the more important to people who are willing to take on that challenge and put in that very difficult work a lot of times Absolutely. uh it, it is important that we hear each other right mm-hmm. and be aware like why are you adding that adjective to it why are you giving me such a descriptive did it really impact 
the story. I'm working with um, Gas and Water, and they have a diversity committee over there. Mm -hmm. And so we're meeting on a monthly basis, if not more. And we're really going to dig in how do we make this something that will grow beyond gas and water. Right. 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 And and we're hitting those hard subjects. There's seven or eight of us in the room. But one of my rules is you have to be comfortable enough to be able to ask the question mm -hmm. and not assume. And you can't get your feathers ruffled. And if you're offended, let the person know why you're offended. Right. Mm -hmm. So in order to build or become better, we have to figure out how do I do better? And if I have a gateway to ask a person something like, man, Jimmy, how is it da 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 da? If I've always been curious about this, man, I if I'm comfortable with Jimmy, I should be able to say, Jimmy, why is it da da? Whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. The same way Jimmy should be able to say, hey, Michelle, you know, I'll, I've always wondered why black females braid their hair out of a place of curiosity, ask the question, mm -hmm. right. ask the question. I shouldn't be offended by that. Mm -hmm. I honestly should not. You just want to know out of curiosity. And I could tell you for me, because I can't speak for all black females for me, man, this is get up and go. I, can, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do a whole lot with my hair in the morning. Yeah. I get up, shake it down or pull it back or whatever. And I'm done. Mm -hmm. And so that, that would be my reasoning. Now, somebody else could say something totally different. Now, I wouldn't advise you just walk up to sure. on the street to somebody and say, why you braid mm, your hair? Right. You know, because they mm. may take offense to that. There's some but matter of familiarity. Exactly. When you have a relationship, you should right. be comfortable. And I this is my, and I said it when I was over in the county, if you have a question about Black females, I can't answer for all of them. I can mm -hmm. answer for me, right. right? And I will, if you got that question, I will definitely answer it for you. Okay, wow. Casey, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've had training right here. <laughs> this is no, great. this has been great. Um, I, I've really been enjoying this process and getting to talk with people. And I've been really excited to speak with you since you've uh, started with the city. I've, I've reported on your work some with the county back at Clarksville now. And I think a little bit even maybe prior to that, I, I wrote about your appointment at the county, if I remember, um, and have been very impressed with the work through and through and was very excited to learn you were coming to work here at Public Square on City, at City Hall. Well, when I saw the job posting, I knew I, I literally HR is a heavy job, mm -hmm. right? It, and when you're HR for 1,200 people, that's a lot of work. And I knew my passion I love it. I love taking care of people, but my passion is diversity. And so when I saw that job, I was like, hmm. Well, Mayor Pitts is quoted here as saying that you have not only the depth of experience, but passion, and you definitely do. It Thank you. Fantastic, Michelle. Thank you. Um, we're, we're just very fortunate to have you here in the City Employee family. And uh, I appreciate I'm it. excited about it. And I'm super excited to be working with you all and maybe get to do some more podcasts with you all. I hope so. Come up, let me know if you ever have something you want to talk about and we'll do it. Absolutely. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, for that, I think we can maybe call it here. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Casey Williams and with me are uh, Jimmy Settle and Michelle Lau. And thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of On Public Square. <laughs>